Welcome on to the Backstretch. I'm Heather Williams, and it has been a somber week for NASCAR fans in this part of the country and really all across the country as the founder of Speedway Motorsports, Bruton Smith, passed away at the age of 95 earlier this week. Bruton was an original. I first came across Bruton, got to experience Bruton in 2005 which was my first year on the NASCAR media tour. And I had never really seen anyone like him in sports. He was funny, engaging, but obviously incredibly smart, a great promoter, a great face for the sport, and just a fascinating guy. From the first time I saw him, I really wanted to know more about him. When I moved to the Tri-Cities seven years ago, I was fortunate to not only learn more about him, but also his son, Marcus, and and a lot of people within the Speedway Motorsports family. And he has been everything to this sport. He really is the guy that pushed the envelope on things like pre-race shows and all the stuff goes on at Texas with people jumping through fire and all the crazy stuff that they do and the stuff that happens at Bristol with the pre-race and the big, huge game in the infield between Tennessee and Virginia Tech and dirt racing. All of that, all of that is Bruton. And so without Bruton Smith, NASCAR as we know it today would not exist. He's really the guy that took Bruton from a, a good little track. I mean, prior to Bruton owning Br- Bristol, Bristol was a good track, but he made it the last great Coliseum. And he he did that for so many tracks on this circuit. You know, he just recently purchased, or his company just recently purchased Nashville and Dover in the offseason. I'm excited to see, you know, what improvements and what happens with those tracks because he can take good things and make them great. So I can't wait to see how his vision is carried through through Marcus and the, and those um, that he loved that are still running the company and, and how it evolves the sport even further. So, I'm going to share a little bit of a conversation I had with Jerry Caldwell, the president and general manager of Bristol Motor Speedway, about Bruton Smith. Now, I should warn you, my conversation between myself and Chris happened on Tuesday. That's usually when we tape the segment with Chris Carrier, our crew chief. So we didn't talk about Bruton because his passing hadn't been announced yet. So Chris and I will talk about Bruton in the upcoming next week's backstretch so you'll get to hear his thoughts on Bruton what he's meant to the sport then but that's why I'm going to start with Jerry this week and then we'll go to Chris's stuff um if you watch the tv show the uh backstretch segment that we do on my station WCYB actually on our Fox 39 station you may have heard that I teased a conversation with Corey LaJoy well you know the news, you know that traveling is a nightmare. So Corey had to cancel because of travel issues. He was actually stuck in an airport when he was supposed to be doing our interviews. So um, I've been told by NASCAR that I'll get a chance to talk to Corey in the upcoming weeks. So we'll do that interview with Corey uh, at a later date. But honestly, with the news of Bruton breaking this week, I probably would have not shared Corey's conversation this week anyway. So the timing, although miserable for Corey actually works out well uh, for these logistics because I can get the conversation in with Jerry and then save Corey for another day. So that's it. Let's start with my conversation with Jerry Caldwell about Bruton Smith. First of all, just talk to me about Bruton's legacy. It's it's hard to to really sum that up in, in like a quick soundbite, but what has he meant to Bristol Motor Speedway? 
Oh gosh, um, you know it's really what is Bruton meant to to motorsports, to the state of Tennessee, to Bristol as a whole. Um, you know he's such a visionary. Uh, there are so many words as I've thought about about this um, and what he's meant to me personally and to the, the team here in Bristol. Um, he's just a visionary. He's a legend in the sport, uh, not only in motorsports and automotive and business and sports and entertainment as a whole. Um, yeah, he saw what Bristol Motor Speedway could be back in 1996 and 97 and, and then went to create that vision and turn it into this, this entertainment marvel. You know, it looks like a spaceship that's landed in the middle of some cow fields. And, um, but that was all in Bruton's mind. He saw it from the beginning. And, you know, you go on down the list. He was such a visionary with how to treat people at facilities, um, to treat people at, he wanted motorsports to be on par with NFL and Major League Baseball, uh, always was demanding that the facility was clean, that we had amazing experiences for the fans. And, and he was the biggest race fan I know. He loved watching races. So um, I'm just so humbled and honored to have been able to learn from him. Like working for him. I mean, we all know the Bruton that we saw in public and quite a character. I, I would imagine working for him was quite an adventure. That was. Uh, you know, it was much the same. He was kind of the same all the time. Always thinking, always joking, um, always throwing out ideas. Um, he loved people and he was so good with people, with all people. Um, but one of the things, one of my great memories of Bruton is he always was reminding us to have fun. He wanted us to have fun while we were working, uh, to work hard, but to have fun while we were doing it. He knew if we were doing that, the race fans would have fun as well. What do you think is the biggest thing he'll leave behind in the racing world? Um, again, I think there's so much. I think he, he really is, I credit him with putting NASCAR on par with other major sports. I mean, he, he saw the vision of making uh, these facilities first class and making sure that they were welcoming to, to everyone, that you would want to bring your, your spouse and your family. Even back in the 60s, that was his vision. He knew that's what would grow the sport. And then continued to just cast visions from putting condominiums at a speedway or lighting a, a mile and a half racetrack to what he did here in Bristol. And then you can just continue to go on down the list. And I, I think probably the, the lasting legacy, at least here at Speedway Motorsports, is we work for the race fans. That was always his motto. We work for the race fans. Let's make sure we're doing what they want us to do. And uh, that's what we'll continue to we'll strive for every day. You mentioned family. It seems like family, not just Marcus and his family, but making Speedway Motorsports feel like a family was really important to Bruton. How much was family a part of his life? Yeah, it, it was his life. Uh, not only his immediate family. I mean, he always had one of his children with him or was talking about them and would just light up whenever anything would be discussed about his children. But um, he did operate our company very much like a family. And Marcus continues to do that today. That, um, you know, it, it was just the way Bruton lived. When, when you were with him, you were with him. And 
he was going in a big way and he wanted to bring people along with him and uh, bring, bring this family, the Speedway Motorsports family along with him. Final question. How crazy is it to think that a guy who was a car salesman turned into this mogul of NASCAR? I mean, he was just kind of a regular guy with a passion for motorsports. A regular guy with a passion of motorsports, but really was a mogul within the business world. Um, you know, taking two companies on the New York Stock Exchange, this guy who grew up with a high school education on a farm in rural North Carolina, and then to do what he did, um, he just had a, he had a vision, he had an ability to see things and make things happen. Um, what an honor to have, to have been able to work for him and learn from him. We are joined, as always, by our crew chief, Chris Carrier, who also happens to be the crew chief for the number 75 food country truck in the Camping World Truck Series. This was an off week for the Cup Series. And the big news of the week was a report that a street race in Chicago will likely be on the schedule in 2023. What do we think about street racing in NASCAR? Well, Heather, I've, I've been hearing this uh, chatter about that for a couple years now, and I, I think that uh, I think Ben Kennedy and the people that helps him looking at what you know what the fans want, what is good for the sport, what is the next step, is I think I think maybe it's time. I think the new car uh, is very much a part of that decision. I think the new cars will actually do very well on a street race. Uh, they picked uh, you know Chicago is supposedly the prime candidate for the spot uh, for, you know, and I, I think that's fine. It's right in the middle of America. So, um, you know what? I, I think it's going to be pretty cool myself. I know our driver, our truck series driver, Parker Kligerman, he's all about it. He, he's a big follower of all type of road racing all over the world and all the series that do that. And they do street races. And, and you know, I, I think if the course is laid out right and it gives enough room for the cars to pass and maneuver and so on and so forth, you know what, I, I think it'll be a big hit. You know, now some of the older guys, uh, I, I could just, I could hear now, I could hear guys like Jake Elder saying, what in the world are we doing? But I, I think this sport has proven it can do unique things. I mean, the LA Coliseum deal at the first of the year, it, it happened in a matter of days, actually. You know, so uh, it was a grand success, and I think this will be too. When we look at the tracks on this year's Cup Series schedule on the map, which tracks, Chris, are you taking away a race from to give a date to Chicago? And where would you like to see the all-star race? And finally, is there a track not on this map that you would like to see get a race in the near future? Okay, A, we're talking about what track to take away from so we can ma make room for the street race in Chicago. Uh, I'm gonna say that all my NASCAR friends, especially the hauler drivers, the team members, and so on and so forth, would, would be right behind me and pushing me to say, let's take away this guy, Auto Club Speedway. It's too far. The racetrack is really rough. It's hard with the new cars. It's not a lot of fun. Um, you know, in the past, it hasn't been really well represented. The, the fan the fan base is not there. So we're going to take that guy away. We're going to put uh, the Chicago, wherever state that's in, right in here somewhere <laughs> yeah. in its place. Now, uh, a track, again, that we would want the, um, the, the all-star race to come back to. Uh, it's been in a couple of different places. Not so great, not so good, whatever. You know, Heather, I would really like to say Bristol because I'm a Bristol guy, and I think it would be. I don't think that's gonna happen. I'm gonna say the next closest, Martinsville. 
Can you imagine going for a million dollars on a half mile flat track where the guy in front of you doesn't have, doesn't have as good of brakes as you do, or maybe he's got better brakes than you do. So I'm gonna say, let's put that baby at Martinsville. I like it. You know, for the all-star race. I think you talk about slam bam action for a million dollars, holy moly. They race for just regular purses and have slam bam action. Now, a racetrack somewhere that I would like to see on the schedule that's not right now. Right down here, not this, not the Nashville Super Speedway, it's already there. I'm gonna say Nashville though, Fairgrounds. This has been, had a lot of chatter about this in the last couple of years. Dale Jr. and some other people have been right in the middle of it, trying to promote it, trying to get it going. Nashville Fairgrounds is a great racetrack. The facility needs to be improved. They need to make a, a lot of adjustments there. They need to build up some stuff. They've got some great plans drawn up, this, that, and the other. It is a great place to race, though. You'll see good racing there. You can see good racing there from all three series, and I hope the truck series goes. The thing I love about you, Chris, is that you are loyal to your home state. Look where you put look all here, these marks. Here, all around all us here. close to home. Yes. I love it. Yes, ma'am. So, I, you know, that's, that's, that's it for me. I mean, uh, I think the, the majority of cup guys are, are saying, you know, we want less weekends. You know, and I really feel like that most of them would say, let's cut out some of these that are a little bit too far away, you know, from, from the old Mooresville, like is like right in here where my circle is from that hub. Um, it, it's a long way for the, especially for the hauler drivers and the guys would rather have some back here where they're at. Um, I would also like to say, we were talking before this, let's don't take away Road America. That's a great, great road race. I mean, it's a great place to be and they, they'll put on a good show there. So anyway. That's my, that's my opinion. So at the halfway point of this season, Ross Chastain, Joey Logano, Denny Hamlin, and William Byron each have two wins. But that doesn't really feel like that's going to be the championship four. So who do you think will be the contenders in the second half of the season this year? Heather, I'll tell you, that's, that's, a, that's a good question. I, you, you mentioned Joey Logano. I think that team at Penske Racing, I, I think they're going to get stronger. I don't think they're... I know they're not happy with their uh, overall uh, performance to the point this year with any of their teams. And I think that there's, there's enough there that they're going to say, okay, we, we got to get on top of this. We got to be better. We got to be championship contenders by the time October rolls around. So I, I think you're looking at that. But there's so many others. You know, Kyle Larson last year was the guy, nobody could beat him. This year he's been. I mean, I'm not going to say mediocre, but very mediocre for Kyle Larson and for Hendrick Racing. So there's another guy that, that I think is uh, probably going to, going to he, he's probably going to get rid of his kryptonite somewhere along the way here. And, and he's going to become, you know, he's going to become a lot stronger contender than what he has been. I'm still looking for some of those guys that haven't won races. One guy in particular, we talked about him last week. Uh, uh, Tyler Reddick. Tyler Reddick is fast everywhere he goes. Hasn't won a race yet. He's going to, and when he does, he's, he's going to take off like a rocket. So uh, it's, uh, it's hard to say. Got veterans like Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick. You know, those guys know how to win races, and when they get on a winning streak, when they get things figured out, they also can go uh, on a tear. So, man, just just sit back and watch, pay attention, stay tuned. I think the second half of this season is really going to heat up. NASCAR starts the second half of the season back in the Volunteer State, taking on the big track in Nashville. Racing there last season was better than a lot of people expected, but what do you expect to see from the next-gen car in Gladeville this weekend? 
Well, it's, I think this track is going to be a challenge for one reason. I th it's, a, it's very rough. The surface is very rough and very bumpy. And because of all the aerodynamic qualities that come from the underneath of that car, the diffusers in the back of the car, they're very sensitive, very touchy. If you grind them off, if you damage them, if you do the wrong things to them, uh, you know, you, you might be having a really long day with those things. So uh, they're going to have to manage that. Otherwise, I think the next-gen cars will put on a really good show there. Uh, I think the races last year, NASCAR, Goodyear, the teams, the drivers, everybody learned a little bit about more about how to race that racetrack. And I think that, uh, I think this time you're going to see some, I think you're going to see some pretty good racing. So for my final thought, I want to talk a little bit about Bruton's legacy and kind of what he's meant to the development of NASCAR. You know, NASCAR in recent years has really become a, a in my opinion, the forehand, a forward-thinking sport, um, a sport that's really trying different things. There's the rumor that, that Chris and I talked about that they're going to try a street race. They did the thing with the L.A. Coliseum this year. None of that happens without Bruton Smith. Bruton is really the guy that pushed the envelope and made NASCAR be the kind of sport that can compete on a national level. And in the mid-1990s and through the mid-2000s, really was the number one or number two viewed on TV sport in America. So he is really one of the major people behind that growth and that boom, what he was doing with his tracks, how he was making it a show, not just a race, the way that he was adding skyboxes and seats and drink rails and concessions and free parking and all the things that Brute was doing in his track to make the races more fan-friendly really helped make the sport of NASCAR a legitimate Main Street sport. So we have Bruton to thank for that, and I, for one, am grateful. I don't know if I would have ever come across the sport if not for Bruton Smith. So that's this week's edition of The Backstretch. Nashville is this weekend. Looking forward to that. I'll be at the track, and we'll talk about that more next week. Yeah.